Hey, Christy. Yeah, Lindsay. Why did the compost get invited to the party? Why? Because it was such a fun guy. (laughs) (laughs) There's a fungus among us. (laughs) Hi, I'm Christy, a backyard gardener from Colorado. These days, gardening has gotten very popular, and my friends and I have noticed more and more people picking our brains for tips and troubleshooting about gardening. We're not experts. We just learned a lot about gardening from the mistakes we made along the way. So welcome to Upside Down Tulips, a fun podcast that celebrates gardening gone wrong. Upside Down Tulips. Hello, gardeners. And wannabe gardeners. And people who love some good news gardening. Yes, good news. We're going to talk about all the good news about the garden world this week, and I'm excited to welcome back Lindsay. Hello. Hi, Christy. Hello, Lindsay. It's been a while since I've seen you. It's been a long time. It's wonderful to see you again. You've got a new cat. I sure did. We have a new kitten named Juno, and she's swoony, and we're smitten with her. Oh, is she getting along with your other cat? She thinks that she is. Oh. The other cat <laughs> is a little on the fence still. <laughs> oh. Well, here it is. It's November. Things are winding down. Oh, yeah. We got our first snow of the year. I know already. I shouldn't have been surprised that it was going to come at the end of October, but I still was like, wait, I'm not ready. I know. It was such a beautiful fall oh, for well. Colorado, wasn't yeah. it? Stunning. And, and of course, in true Denver fashion, it was back up to the 60s this week. Right? In total, and and now everything is just muddy. (laughs) Right, yeah. I would say, I'm excited to hear about your garden, but I can tell you that, well, my garden is now officially done. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think that it's it's about that time. Although I was surprised that I had a few, um, I have a few things that really survived all of that Are you kidding? Like what? Um, The Swiss chard is hanging on. God bless Swiss chard. I know. Bless its heart. (laughs) So good. And my and the parsley. I got a bunch of. I don't know why I grew so much parsley. I got overexcited and I got these massive parsley plants that I've done nothing with. Did you grow these in your hydroponic garden, or did you buy little plants? Or these were actually from seed in oh, the regular in the okay. tomato bed. Okay, um, gotcha. I had a bunch of spaces to fill, and I was like, "Oh, herbs! I've heard that's a good thing to grow." And I had some parsley seeds, and I was like, "Why not?" And then I had these great healthy plants. And I was like, what am I going to do? What do I think I'm going to do with all this parsley? So since it has survived all of the snow and ice, and I'm finally, I've got my show open. So I have a little bit of time. I'm going to make some chimichurri, I think. Oh, that sounds fantastic. Yeah. I've never done it before, but I think it'll be great. You know, I also will dry my parsley just on, you know, you can dry it in the oven Mm -hmm. or you can dry it in sheets. So then I never have to buy dried parsley when a recipe calls for it. Yeah. Maybe I should do that. I've got a little bundles of like sage that are like hung up around my kitchen uh-huh. and trying to dry some oregano. And that actually sounds pretty nice. Well, parsley sounds good. Uh, I also have, I also have a little bit of parsley and I can I tell you this, Lindsay, is that mine will reseed or regrow every year. So yours might come back. Oh. It's technically a biannual. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know that. I kind of, any volunteers, anything that comes back in my garden, I'll be thrilled um, I, my friend gave me some walking onions. Oh, I've been scared to plant those. Yeah. So well, I, I went, I maybe went a little crazy. I put them in several beds and they were delicious. Um, 
But we'll see what happens. But you know, they never got those like big onion heads. Oh, okay. Which is where all the seeds come from. Okay. So it may be that. Is that why they walk? That's why they can take yeah, over? Yeah, they like, oh, okay. the seeds bend down from the stems and all of that like grows where that seed head sits. And then the next one will like. Plants are so smart. Right? They're so incredible. How else is your garden going? It looks so sad and oh. dead and pathetic. <laughs> I have, did, you brought, did, you, did you have any green tomatoes you had to bring in? I do. I've got some in some bags that are doing something, but I haven't had time to do anything with the ones that actually have ripened. And so now I'm seeing a few of them get overripe. Oh, yeah. And I I'm had like, that. what am I? This is just sad. I've got this. I was like, so it's like these gems, this gorgeous produce, and I'm just watching it get shriveled. Why? So, because you need the time and the mental space to go, oh, I'm going to take these tomatoes, I'm going to chop them up, and at least put them in the freezer. Yeah, that's true. I could do that. And they're just little cherry tomatoes. My big tomatoes did very little this year. Mm. Almost nothing. I don't, like, of the very few, I got like five of them, and the squirrels got three. So <laughs> it was not a big, not a big year for the big tomatoes. I don't know what I did wrong. Maybe I need to try early girls or something more robust. That's always really nice to have early girls. Yeah. I usually try to do a mix of early girls and beefsteaks and cherries and aromas. Yeah. I had so many green tomatoes I had to pull in before that snow. Mm -hmm. And so I pulled, I pulled them all in. I put them in paper bags and in boxes and I put them in my attic. And, you know, of course, a trick for me is yeah. to remember just that I put remember them up there. them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to put like That's a so weekly reminder in your uh, calendar. <laughs> But otherwise, I've done nothing to winterize or put my garden to bed. The snow came. I was doing rehearsals, and it's just so shriveled and brown and sad looking. So I need to wait for it to dry out a little bit, I think. Right. Yeah, sure. So that I can, like, pull some of the yeah, dead stuff you, out. You don't really want to step on it if it's wet. Right. And I want yeah. to get, like, a layer of compost over all mm. the beds so it can, like, absorb during the season and I've done exactly none of that so well the nice thing about it is that even if you forget to do all that the garden will forgive you god bless it <laughs> I hope so because there's a real good chance it's going to look exactly like it looks now a month from now and a month after that you know I have um I did something rather stupid as I was at um, the store and I saw a big sale on tulip bulbs oh so I my eyes were bigger than my stomach Lindsay and I bought 150 bulbs. Oh, my God. <laughs> I have to get, what are you going to do with all of those? I have to get those suckers in the ground before it freezes. Yeah, that's right. Because they're not good in the spring. They're, you can't save them. They're good right now. And so um, – 150. I, do you yeah. think – can you do it? Are you up to the challenge? I, yeah, I think if I do it in groups of – oh, my God, that is so many, though. It's a mixture of tulips and daffodils. And oh. daffodils you have to plant pretty deep and so – I'm going to be out there tomorrow big time yeah. trying to get all these done. It feels like this is the weekend. It's finally, it's warm enough. It's drying up a little bit. If I don't get them in by December, forget it. Yeah. Oh, but when you do, come spring, it's going to be like a riot of color I know. That's why I'm so excited it's because gonna be I always so say I want more yeah. in the spring. So I got very excited. Ugh, well, we'll see how successful I will be. And I also, I had I'm one of my big successes of the year. Lindsay, is that my pumpkin vine, was, oh. which totally died in the hailstorm that we right. had on June 30th. Oh, that hailstorm. But I replanted the next day, and I got five huge pumpkins. Did you notice those jack-o'-lanterns Yeah, they came in? Yeah, they're great out there. They're I huge. I grew those all from seed, oh. and I didn't use a candle 
a wax candle. I uh-huh. used an electric light yeah. that you could put in, which means that I'm gonna I'm gonna bring them in tomorrow. Also, my plan is is to roast them all. Oh, wonderful! And then yes. I'll just and and also to let them really dehydrate and squeeze a lot of the water out, so that I can use it for muffins or pumpkin bread or oh, pumpkin pie. It's or, definitely the season for that. We are besieged by pumpkin spice at every turn. <laughs> That's right. I love, I love it though. So the question is, am I roasting pumpkins tomorrow or planting tulips or some tasty combination? Oh, that sounds like such good activity. I'm so jealous of that. I want to be able to just go out there and be domestic and get my hands in the dirt and in the I won't. I'll be doing two shows, which is wonderful. I which love the show. Which is great, right? And also, I'll be, I'll be secretly, I'll be a little envious of you too. And I'll put a link in the show notes, folks, for you to, if you live in the um, Denver metro area, to go up to Boulder to see Lindsay and Coal Country by Boulder Ensemble Theater Company. Oh my gosh, it'd be so wonderful to see anybody there. If you are there and you are listening to Upside Down Tulips. You have to say something. I'll be so excited. I'll geek out with you about yeah. gardening. After the, lobby. the play, but not during the play. Not during the play. Oh, okay, There's good. limits. There's yeah, a boundary. Yeah. There's a boundary. Well, you know, uh, friends, we're also coming around to our Persephone period. Mm-hmm. What is that, you may wonder? I do wonder. Well, it's that time of year when the daylight falls below 10 hours a day, known as the Persephone period in gardening because it references the daughter of Demeter goddess of the harvest in Greek mythology. And when daylight falls below 10 hours a day, plant growth nearly stops. Mm -hmm. Denver's Persephone period is November 15th to January 27th. And you can look up your own location at the United States Naval Observatory website for planning. And I'll put a link in the show notes for that. That sounds very official. So during this time, we're taking a break from Upside Down Tulips. And in other words, we're going to visit Hades, yep. like Persephone <laughs> does. And we'll be back in February. Um, but if you are a member of the garden party, we'll have special pop place pop up every now and then for you. Oh, little treats, little little Easter eggs to get you through our dip into the underworld. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and if you want, well, uh, thank you to all the members of the garden party who throw a couple bucks a month our way so that we can pay our expenses and keep sharing our joys and foibles of gardening with you. Um, if you want to join the garden party, you can click on the link in the show notes. And if you have any questions about words or terms you don't understand, you can always visit our website and check out the informative and somewhat humorous Upside Down Dictionary. And we've got fun stuff on Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest. Upside Down Tulips is everywhere. (laughs) So, okay. (laughs) So to explain even more about Persephone and Demeter, here is uh, one of our favorite pop plays uh, featuring the wonderful Edith Weiss. Persephone, get back here. There's still so much to do in the garden. Preparing the soil, planting, watering, weeding, harvesting. I am the goddess of agriculture and fertility, and we have a lot of people to feed. We've got to turn the compost pile and rake and dig and... Oh, I'm so tired of the garden, Mom. It's all we've been doing for what seems like forever. When can we take a break? La 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 la. Persephone, where are you going? I just have to check out these daffodils, Mom. They are so beautiful. Okay, just be careful and come right back. Just going to pluck one daffodil. 
Whoa, the earth is opening up. Who is this in his four-horse golden chariot appearing before me in all his power and majesty? I am Hades, the god of the underworld. I love you. Come with me and be my wife and queen. You had me with that dramatic entrance. I consent. Persephone? Oh no. She's gone and I am an empty nester. This sucks. I am just going to put on my pajamas and watch everything on Netflix while I eat chicken out of the bucket and cookie dough from the tube. Screw everything, including the garden. Oh, Persephone! Persephone! Mom? Hello? Great Zeus! Is it really you? No, it's just me. Though Dad did say I needed to come visit. I know it's been a while, sorry about that. Just that I've been so busy. It's a jumble of contradictions to be both a floral maiden and queen of death. Talk about mental gymnastics. Oh, Persephone, I am so happy to see you. Holy crap, Mom. What happened to the garden? It's barren. Dad said people are dying of famine. You can't neglect all your duties. If there are no people, then no sacrifices. You know how Dad is about his sacrifices. It's just not something he's willing to give up. I am just so sad when you are not here. I don't know who I am if I am not your mother. Hmm. How about, just like a seed, I will spend a few months of the year below the earth. I'll spend six months of the year with you, and six months in the underworld with my husband. But I will be so distraught, the world will be dark and turn to winter. Maybe that is okay. Maybe it's actually right and good. I think you and all gardeners deserve a well-respected rest. You could join a book club, take up Zumba, browse through seed catalogs, or go to a play. I hear the new one called Oedipus is about mothers. However, when the time comes for me to return to you, just bring back the light and the warmth and we can all rejoice in abundance. You mean like this? Oh, a daffodil. I love that flower. Thanks, Mom. Does this mean you will accept my Facebook friend request? Let's just take it one season at a time, Mom. We're talking about good news gardening. We hear a lot of bad news all the time, don't we? It's We're neck deep in it. And sometimes it's just nice to celebrate our love of gardening mm -hmm. and all the great things that are happening in the world as we get ready for our Persephone period. Mm -hmm. We did this once before, Lindsay. We did it once with Edith. Um, for folks who want even more good news, you can check oh, out episode 66 yeah. way back then. Edith is good news all on I her know. own. I know. <laughs> um, I want to start off by talking about banyan trees. Oh, I love banyan trees. Uh, They're and, so cool. And this is a, a tree that is part of the fig family that is from India. And what's really cool about banyan trees is that they give the illusion of being multiple trees due to their ability to develop accessory trunks from their roots that will go up and allowing it to spread out. Oh, that's cool. The largest banyan tree in the United States was planted in 1873 in Maui and is a cultural landmark. It was planted in Lahaina on April 24, 1873 by William Owen Smith, who was the sheriff of the town at the time, and they were celebrating the 50th anniversary of the first Protestant mission in Lahaina. And they brought over this exotic Indian banyan tree that at the time was only eight feet tall. 
Today, it is over 60 feet tall. Wow. And it is currently has 46 major trucks. Oh my gosh, that's huge. It's a cultural landmark if you've ever been to Lahaina. It's its own forest. Yeah. Now, of course, a lot of us watch the horror of the wildfires yeah. in Maui. That's heartbreaking. And the, all the loss of life and property. Um, and that huge banyan tree in Lahaina was severely scorched. And people thought that it was lost. Mm -hmm. During the fire, the soil became extremely hot, and it altered the ground's ability to absorb water. Hmm. So since those fires, volunteers and local contractors have been pouring 5,000 gallons of water on this tree every day. Wow. They're trying to rehydrate the roots. And to help the water penetrate the soil, they've applied compost tea, which we've talked about uh -huh. here on this podcast, which is essentially is just taking your compost and... Um, soaking it in and running hot water through it, and the remains of that is compost tea. Um, they've also been regularly aerating the soil that's around the banyan tree, and they put in two-inch layer of compost. They chopped up alfalfa and to um, around the base to aid in its recovery. Okay. They just reported good news. Yes, what? It is sprouting new green leaves, <sighs> giving hope that all is not completely lost. 75% uh, of the tree right now is showing new growth. Wow, 75%. Yeah, isn't that good news? That's really good news. Uh, one, of the, one of the botanists that's working on it says, as long as we give it enough love, I think it's going to be fine. Oh my gosh, life is so resilient. Isn't that just great to hear that though? It is. I mean, that tree is so important to the to Maui's culture, and, um, and, and I'm sure it's probably the last thing on, the, on people's mind right now as they're trying to figure out, like, what, where am I going to live? Sure. Or what about my business? But it is kind of a sign of hope yeah. in the long road of recovery in that area. I feel like those so. symbols of hope are so meaningful because yeah. your morale is so important to, like, continuing to do the hard work yes. of the rest of living. And yeah. my gosh, the hard work of rebuilding. So that's wonderful yeah. news. Good news for that banyan tree. Yeah. <clears throat> um, okay. Well, I have got some, some good news as well. Uh, it's so important to have these good news and uh, particularly when you're doing the hard work of living um, uh -huh. because hope is so important. And mm -hmm. I was reading on some websites while I was – doing the kind of fun and marvelous work of researching this for this podcast about how, you know, so many people are experiencing a lot of ecological angst, a lot of real existential dread about it for good reason. Mm -hmm. um, and how important hope is to the process of actually moving forward and doing work. Otherwise, it, you know, despair just breeds apathy. Mm -hmm. And I admit to myself falling into that apathy um, more than once. And so doing this research was really kind of wonderful. Um, it was nice and I, I, finding all of these hopeful stories. Um, so I'm going to start, I, mine kind of focus on urban gardens. Mm. Um, traditionally, it has been assumed by scientists that cultivating food can lead to a loss of biodiversity mm. and have some negative impacts on the ecosystem. So there's a new study from researchers at multiple universities that defies that assumption. And it is showing that, and particularly in urban gardens, um, 
that they actually are providing this tremendous nutritional resources and increasing well-being for gardeners, which we both know. Yes. But also they support incredibly high levels of plant and animal biodiversity as well. Oh. Um, I think when people were, when scientists were thinking about, you know, a loss of biodiversity, they were thinking of like large-scale rural farms uh -huh. where only one or two crops are grown. But in urban farms, all kinds of crops tend to be grown. And so it's actually really boosting animal and plant biodiversity right in the middle of our cities, which oh, is where like 60% of the world's population lives in cities. So what happens with urban gardens is incredibly important. Oh, that is good news. Yeah. Oh, I news. love that. Yeah. As as being and having an urban garden myself, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So you're doing your bit <laughs> to help right. local biodiversity. <laughs> you're doing your bit. Uh, I want to tell you the story of a special tree that came out of Brazil. I have a theme. It's all about trees. I love that. Trees is always a great theme. This is uh, the Pernambuco holly uh, that has been presumed extinct for nearly 200 years. Good news, the Pernambuco holly was found in the city of Igarasu, which is in the Brazilian state where the tree takes its name from. The tree, which can reach 26 um, to 40 feet in height, was identified just last month by its tiny green flowers after botanists that made up the search team spent hours poring over museum specimens. Eventually, they had no luck looking over specimens, so they had to turn their attention to collections in museums and arboretums that hadn't yet been digitized. Oh. So they're going over sketches and pressings Gosh. that are hundreds of years old. And this incredible return to light for the Pernambuco holly is part of a worldwide conservation project to identify species that haven't yet been seen in tens or hundreds of years. And so far, the hunt is going very well. They found nine of the 25 most lost species, including the Pernambuco holly. And one of the team members says, nature surprises us. Finding a species that hasn't been heard of in nearly two centuries doesn't happen every day. It was an incredible moment. Wow, that's great news. Can you imagine all the work they put in, how exciting it I must know. have been to find I that? I know, those geeky botanists. Oh, oh, God, I've got to love a geeky botanist. I sure do. <clears throat> okay, I've got another one. Um Flipping. Um, so there is a man in Atlanta. Uh, they call him Garden Man. And he started garden programs in drug-infested communities in the 70s and 80s. Um, back when it was a, a huge issue. And he has helped over 30 years um, create more than 300 community gardens in Metro Atlanta. And he even invested his retirement money into building a five-acre community um, garden. It's, so it's the Whoa. Metro Atlanta Urban Farm, and it's helping um, with equity and diversity and inclusion, particularly for farmers of color. It reduces barriers to healthy and sustainable living in urban environments and uh, is helping to teach marginalized families how to grow their own sustainable and organic food, which also helps, you know, solve the issues of, of the food deserts and food swamps right. that can happen yes. um, in urban areas. And um yeah, I just think one person started Garden Man. This. Yeah. Oh, the, hey, Garden, Garden Man. Garden Man. It's incredible. And I just read about that and I was like, wow, that's one person who had an idea and kept going with it. And 
look at what that person has created. And that could be so rough too. Like at the grocery store mm-hmm. in your neighborhood is like Dollar Tree. Right. Well, there's no lettuce no. at the Dollar Tree, mm-hmm. right? You're getting frozen food. Yeah. So yeah, you can so. grow your own lettuce. Mm-hmm. That's right. And it's mm-hmm. all, and it's organic and sustainable and trying to really um, work with people's needs and meet them where they are. And um, it's really having kind of this wonderful effect. So Good on Garden Man. Thank you, Garden Man. Thanks, Garden Man. Good garden news for Garden Man. <laughs> hey, here's a fun pop play. Uh, let's bring back Phoebe's from Phoebe's Phenomenales, Phoebe's Moist Choice Soil, um, with um, her beloved product for the hibernation spa treatment. Ooh, relaxing. You planned and you planted. You watered and weeded. You harvested and preserved. And now, you need a rest. I love to garden, but I'm so tired, and I don't know how to stop. Nature has found a way to help gardeners rest. It is called the Persephone period. When your garden gets less than 10 hours of sun a day, it goes to sleep until spring. And now, so can you, with Phoebe's Gardener's Hibernation Spa Treatment. Hi, I'm Phoebe, the celebrity stylist and influencer who brought you Phoebe's Phenomenales, Phoebe's Fashion, and Phoebe's Choice Moist Soil. I always have my manicured finger on the latest trends and hottest fads. Phoebe's Gardener's Hibernation Spot Treatment features real gardener's compost made from the perfect mixture of organic grass clippings, mulched leaves, lavender, and food waste from the finest kitchens. It has been kept moist and lovingly turned once a week all summer by a shirtless Chris Evans. I'm getting so sleepy. Just fill your tub with Phoebe's Gardener's Hibernation Spa Treatment, slip in, and close your eyes. Phoebe's Gardener's Hibernation Spa Treatment's special ingredients will carry you off to a deep hibernation filled with dreams of next year's garden. Wouldn't it be nice to have a hedge of hydrangeas? When you wake in the spring, you'll be ready to grab that hoe once more. Add on our deluxe version, Phoebe's Gardener's Hibernation Spa Treatment Plus, and your dreams will be uploaded into our computer. And when you wake up in the spring, your seeds and seedlings will be waiting for you. (sighs) Hydrangeas, how lovely. And Chris Evans, someone get me a hoe. So get your Phoebe's Gardener's Hibernation Spa Treatment or Phoebe's Gardener's Hibernation Spa Treatment Plus today. Phoebe's Gardener's Hibernation Spa Treatment is recommended for only the most tired gardeners. Chris Evans, not guaranteed. But just in case, we'll throw in some mints. Okay, now I have a really wonderful good news story about the Cubbington Pear Tree. Cubbington Pear that sounds adorable. Well, it's the second oldest pear tree in Britain. Wow. And it has won Britain's prestigious Tree of the Year contest <laughs> in 2015 and in, in 2020. Uh, this pear tree is 12 feet wide. Oh, wow. So just think Gosh. about the trunk on this pear tree. Still flowering, still producing fruit until 2020. Uh-oh. What happened in 2020? It was chopped down no, and um, to make way for a high-speed railway line. Oh, man. So what the, um, so this railway line 
that went through this old Covington Forest was opposed by conservationists and yeah. locals, but they made the most of the situation. By one, they uh, took the stump and the roots and they transplanted it. Okay, that was hope. That was that was wishful thinking. Yeah, sure. For a twelve foot wide trunk. Yeah, and then. They also took cuttings and grafting them in their village with the help of an expert grafter, which I have always been like, wow, what do you do for a living? Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm an expert grafter. I'm an expert you. grafter. Uh, and um, so they turned that ancient tree into 16 separate clones and had another 40 seedlings in a nursery in town. Now, here's the really good news. Okay. In a huge surprise... And delightful resolution to this painful situation, the originally transplanted stump and roots are regrowing vigorously. Oh, wonderful. So it's located about 100 meters from its original location. Mm -hmm. 100 meters is like what? Five miles. No, it's... Um, <laughs> no. No, I, I have no like, ability to think like in meters. It's about 100 yards, I think, uh, okay. right? That sounds... Right. Yeah, I'm yeah. going to say yes. Okay. I'm going to say yes. Um... And this tree, which is believed to be 250 years old or more, is vigorously sprouting new shoots from the stump. Oh, that's blessed. That's what a wonderful story. And it also all of these babies that came from it, all these graftings yeah. and things. So it's really like it's it's surviving and also it's multiplied. I didn't know this before, but this article that I read also shared that ancient and elder trees that are centuries old are vital to the health of our planet. Science has shown that the larger the number of trees in, of ancient trees are in a forest, the longer the forest survives um, tragedy and, and compromising situations no and kidding. the greater capacity it has to rebuild. I wonder why. So we got we to gotta do what we can to that's protect old I, trees. I believe That's wonderful. I believe it. I'm always just so curious about like, what's the process behind that? That's so interesting. The yeah. way that trees communicate under right. the ground with one another is so fascinating. And it, you think if they could survive that old, maybe they just have really good, yeah. you know, DNA. Maybe they do. That they could pass on to their offspring. Maybe they're so. passing their wisdom on. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> like the Lorax. That's right. <laughs> uh, okay. I've got one from our very own um, Colorado State University. Five stories up, CSU is using rooftop solar panels um, under which to grow food. And it's called Agrivoltaics, which is an amazing name. I'm going to name um, my firstborn that. <laughs> um, and it, it basically it emulates a forest, sort of. So the, the um, solar panels, while they are producing their own green energy, are uh -huh. slightly shading the food that is grown oh. underneath. So they're creating green energy. They are growing food successfully. And they're also using only a third of the water that like a full sun garden or a full sun like rooftop garden right. needs because there's less evaporation. And then the little evaporation that does happen cools down the solar panels, which makes them a lot more efficient. So it's got food, Reduced water consumption and production of energy, which are like the three cornerstones of what uh, one needs to live. Right. That is such good news. Yeah. Especially as water becomes such a valuable mm -hmm. resource in Colorado, but in other parts of the country, too. Yeah. So 
that's going to be, and we're going to hear more and more and more about that as we already have. And, um, oh, and they're hoping that these, they sort of act as like each ecological islands also for, um, raptors and pollinators, other things that are in the city. Uh -huh. If you, we have like little rooftops like this all over the place, they kind of can go from rooftop to rooftop. Oh, and, that's cool. Yeah. So it's got an amazing amount of benefits to it. And I'm hoping this really like, hoping this catches on. That puts a whole new spin on rooftop gardens. It really does. That's it, amazing. It, yeah. That's cool. Well, now I'm going to invite everyone to travel with me to Mozambique. Oh, I will. I'll go with you there. Um, <laughs> that I learned some good news about communities in Mozambique's Zambeza province. Um, this is where they traditionally harvest wild mushrooms. And they will eat mushrooms to eat alongside staples like cassava. Mm -hmm. um, mostly these mushrooms are harvested by women. And conservationists are working with hundreds of indigenous women in Mozambique to commercialize the sale of these mushrooms as part of a wider strategy to protect the trees in a nearby national park. Hmm. So Gile National Park is covered woodlands that include tree species Miambo, and these roots host fungi. Okay. And these underground networks, just like you were talking about, Lindsay, help the trees absorb nutrients and moistures, and they announce their presence in the form of diverse fruiting bodies above the ground, a.k.a. mushrooms. Oh, okay, yeah. And I got to tell you, these mushrooms are gorgeous. Yes. They are a bright orange. Oh. They're just beautiful. Um, and so what they do is they will harvest these mushrooms, they will dry them, they will package and sell them under the trade name. Oh, you're going to love this. Okay. Supamama. I'm, I'm on board. <laughs> I'm there for that. Yep. And it's the first time that native Mozambican mushrooms have been commercialized in the country. So the good news about this is, one, you're providing an economic incentive to prevent protect these trees, which could be a key to leaving them standing while promoting the wild mushroom harvest and allowing these women to have a commercially viable um, business. I see. And so it kind of, and it benefits everybody to Symbiotic. protect the trees so that they continue to help produce these mushrooms. Yes. Very cool. Ooh, I might have to look at a picture of those. That sounds really cool. Oh my really gosh. Cool. They're just, they're like jack-o'-lantern orange. Oh, I love that. It's just beautiful. Mushrooms have such a wide variety. Yeah, they're, they're kind of freaky too. Yeah, some of them are. I had some very interesting slimy ones grow in one of my garden beds this year. And I was like, I don't know what you are and I'm not going to touch you, but I'm happy you're here. <laughs> right. <laughs> and now that, of course, all kinds of mushrooms are legal in the state of Colorado. That's right. <laughs> right. I don't think it was that kind. Next time I should take a nibble yeah. and see what happens. But you know, also like, side note, like mushrooms are neither a plant nor an animal. Like, what is that? Right. What is that? I don't know. Maybe I've watched The Last of Us too much. They're okay. <laughs> That makes them terrifying. <laughs> Impressive and terrifying. Uh, okay, so my last one, it's not exactly um, specifically garden related, but I thought it was such good news. And it's, it's related to the environment mm -hmm. and climate, which of course is vital to every living thing, gardens, people, everything. Mm -hmm. um, in Ireland this past September, wind power there exceeded the total demand for electricity for all of the island of Ireland for the first time ever. <gasps> that is Isn't cool. Isn't that wonderful? The entire island had more than its supply um, 
required, uh-huh. um, provided by Wind the Power. Whole the whole island. island. Yeah. Wow. Now this wasn't, you know, it was temporary, but sure. it, it did. But it, it did occur, and it shows that it can happen. And um, I just thought, oh, that's wonderful. Those renewables really are out there. Yeah. And I, you know, I'm not surprised because mm-hmm. I have been to Ireland before, mm-hmm. and I've been way on the on the western side where the cliffs of Moher are. Oh yeah. Gorgeous. It was windy. It was so windy there. I thought it was going to blow my contact lenses off. Oh, my god! Like, it was like, it was, I thought I was going to fall over. I've never, I've been in some, I've, I have been in Wellington, New Zealand, which is considered to be one of the windiest places on the planet. And it, and New Zealand was not as windy as the Cliffs wow. of Moher was um, near Galway, um, west coast of Ireland. Woo! Talk about a resource that's just waiting to well, be used. Talk about renewable right there. I think that they'd also had some sort of major storm, which just got those turbines turning. Um, so, yeah. Oh, good. Get those good, pinwheels good. out everywhere. Well, that's our good news. We hope that you've enjoyed some of our good news. And if you have some good news, we hope in your garden, we hope you send them to us. Oh, yeah, please do. Well, it'll be so wonderful to get bags, the letter bag, <laughs> the virtual letter bag full of some good news to what share. Mean virtual? It's a real bag. Yeah, it's a real bag full of real letters. <laughs> Hear it? I'm rustling in it right now. Finding our letter. <laughs> okay. Hey, Lindsay, guess what time it is? What time is it? Could it possibly be mailbag time? Ring, ring. <laughs> <Very> <laughs> Our mailbag, folks, is full of folks asking questions about what to do with leaves. Oh, yeah. that's It's about that time. And you notice that you came up to my front walk. We have not done anything with our leaves yet. Nor have I. However, leaves are really one of the best harvests of your garden. Really? Yeah. So uh, a while back, Edith and I made a fun little pod play all about the importance of what you can do with your leaves and make sure you save your leaves. Um, and so please enjoy Leaf Pile. Hi, I'm Evie. And I'm Chrissy. It's fall, and that means it's time to harvest your leaves. Leaves are your garden's most abundant crop. Their trees have mined minerals from deep in the subsoil and brought them to the surface. Leaves are a rich source of calcium, magnesium, phosphorus, potassium, and more. The leaves of one large tree can be worth as much as $50 worth of plant food and humus. Pound for pound, leaves contain twice the mineral content of manure. Ew! (laughs) Edie, did you know leaf humus can lighten heavy clay soils? And they feed earthworms and beneficial microbes. Leaves increase the moisture retention of dry, sandy soils. And they make an attractive mulch in the flower garden, Chrissy. They are a fabulous source of carbon to balance the nitrogen in your compost pile. And they insulate tender plants from the cold. But before you do all that, please, please, on behalf of all kids and dogs everywhere, rake them up into a big pile first. Here I go, Edie. Wahoo! Wait for me, Chrissy. Wee! Come on, Snoopy. This has been a public service announcement from Leaf Piles. It's good for kids and good for the garden.
Well, I have to tell you, that has really inspired me to get out there tomorrow morning and collect some of the many, many leaves that are in the back <laughs> and get them onto my garden bed because I've done nothing yet. So I think I'm going to do that now. Before your, your, your two-show day. Before my two-show day. <laughs> well, it's, you know, it's aspirational. <laughs> sure. Uh, speaking of inspiration, I believe you have some for us. I do. I'm not going to tell you who it is. I'll tell you afterwards. Okay. Everyone has inside of him a piece of good news. The good news is that you don't know how great you can be, how much you can love, what you can accomplish, and what your potential is. Oh, that's lovely. That's from Anne Frank. Oh, wow. Isn't that just, she just continues to amaze me. Yeah, that's a, that's a wonderful, I love that goes so well with our good news. Yay. Well, thank you for that, Christy. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining us today, Lindsay. And thanks everyone else who've reached the end of Upside Down Tulips and the beginning of our Persephone period. We are Lindsay Pierce and Christy Montour Larson. And if you got some laughs and some value out of this week's episode, could you do us a favor? Hit that subscribe, like, or follow button wherever you listen to your podcasts. And uh, thank you so much to Denise Gentilini for composing and performing the Upside Down Tulips theme song. If you want more, go to denisegentilini.com or you can find that link at UpsideDownTulips.com. And thank you for the many talents and kind hearts of Leslie O'Carroll and Edith Weiss. And thank you to our excellent yet enigmatic engineer. I'm going to call him Triple E. Decided. <laughs> oh, I like it. <laughs> Triple E. <laughs> and join us after the Persephone period for another episode that will delight and amaze you. And don't forget, if you make a mistake, your garden will forgive you. Upside down.